Today, I want to take just about two hours more of your time. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. We're going to go to go with me uh, to Joshua, the 14th chapter, and Joshua, the 15th chapter. Joshua 14 and Joshua 15. And so that I don't fail to forget this again this Sunday, I want to say congratulations to our new treasurer, Lance Brauner, and her church. She got voted in our last business meeting. Uh, two new board members uh, that are coming on board, and that is Billy O'Dell and Keith Cooper. And want to say welcome to you guys. Welcome. Now, I do, uh, I'm going to edit quite a bit this morning because I, I just want to get straight to the, to the good stuff. Is that all right? We just go straight to the good stuff this morning. Um, I do believe with all of my heart, even to echo what Andrea was saying, is that we, we're at a place here now in our time in history. We need the revelation of Jesus Christ. We need to understand what Christ has done not only for us, with us, but what Christ is doing in us. We need that revelation. And we can't have that revelation without the Spirit of God. And, and I no longer want to camp in the camp of you dirty, dirty, rotten scoundrels. Look what you're not doing. Look how much you could be doing. And I want to step over into an arena and an area that God has called us to from the beginning. And that is Christ in us, the hope of glory that we understand that we are children of God. And my being a child of God is more important than my doing. And my doing will come as a result of my being. And as I've told you, if you can grab hold of that, it will revolutionize your daily walk your interaction, your relationships. Now, as we go into this message today, I just want to tell you uh, just a little backstory. Andrew and I did not come from Christian homes. We came from broken homes, devastated homes, dysfunctional, if you will. Mine more than hers, I would say, because by the time I met her, her family had turned to the Lord, and I thought they were the model family. But let me just say today, as we share this with you, God gave us a vision early on in our in, in childhood. We didn't know how, how to obtain it. She came to the revelation sooner than I did. But how to obtain, how to live in, in a relationship with, with your family and a relationship that comes from your relationship with the Lord. Amen? And so as we look here, let me just say there are those of you that are sitting out here today and you're looking at a lot of devastation. You're looking at a lot of ruin behind you. And you're thinking, is there any way that I could ever get to the place where those things can, can be reconciled, restored, and healed? And let me say to you, yes, yes, and yes. That God is in the not only the reconciliation business, he's in the restoration business. He, he can take all the brokenness, all of the despair, it doesn't matter what it is or how tragic it may sound, God can and will, if you will submit yourself, God can and will begin to allow his power to operate through you. Now, if we try to do everything on our own and do it without God, we will self-destruct. 
The only way that we can accomplish anything is through the power of Jesus Christ. Now, as we are continuing with this dream realized, it is the dream that God has for you for this relationship of reconciliation with him, with your family, with those that are around you. Look here in Joshua, the 14th chapter. I want to begin reading in the ninth verse, and this is the text we've been drawing from. And as we're looking here, I want you to see, this is Caleb, and he's having a conversation with Joshua. And those two compadres, they spent a lot of time in the wilderness. They were the ones that came in uh, to the place of promise. There were 10 other spies that brought an evil report, but Caleb and Joshua said, no, we can do this with the Lord's help, and we can live in this place of promise. And let me say to you, you can live in that place of promise only with the Lord's help. And now here is the conversation as we take it up in verse, time, uh, verse 9 of the 14th chapter of Joshua. So take out your devices, your Bible, you can look up, up, up above here. It says, on that day Moses swore an oath, the land on which your foot treads. See, Joshua, Caleb took that promise. He said, the land on which your foot tread shall be your inheritance for your descendants perpetually. Because you completely followed after the Lord my God. Now the Lord has kept me alive just as he said for 45 years since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Now, here I am this day, 85 years old. Aren't you glad there's no time constraints on God's promises? I am still just as strong today as I was the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is just like my strength then, both for battle and for going out and returning. So now give me this hill country that the Lord spoke about on that day. That day you heard that the Anakites live there in large fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and will drive them out as the Lord said. Now, chapter 15, verse 14. Caleb drove out from there three Anakites, Shisha, Ahiman, and Talma. Now last week, we talked about and finished up Shisha. Shisha meaning six, and we liken that, understand that the number of God is the number seven, the number of man is the number of six. We circled Jericho, and we discovered that the only way to conquer self is by the Spirit. If you will walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And as we looked at Caleb, and he said, I want that place of promise. That's what I want right there. Now, it may be inhabited by three giants. The sons of Anakim were the race of giants. It may be inhabited by those giants, but I don't care. That's the spot I want. That's the place God promised for me. Now, this may not make a whole lot of sense. You're like, oh, infested with giants. You can have that. I'll go somewhere else. But let me ask you this. 
if you are in a place right now and from your childhood forward and all the dysfunction all you could think about was living in a happy healthy relationship living in a place where your children felt safe that you could be the father that God had purpose for you to be you could be the mother that you so longed to be and you could look over and think you know I want to lay my head down and I'm going to sleep at night and not be tormented by the things that I have done I, I want to I want to live in a place where where joy actually exists and it's not something I have to make up it's not something I have to smoke to get it's not something I have to drink to drown my sorrows now all of a sudden those giants don't seem quite the obstacle they did before because they're occupying the place that God promised for as long as we live on this earth, we're going to have some, some challenges. In order for me to possess the place of promise, I've got to dispossess the enemy. But here's the, here's the kicker. It's like a swift kick in the keister. It hurts. The truth is, the giants are not external. It's the narrative in my mind by the beliefs that I have about my surrounding, about my theology, about my understanding of God. But as we look at this, and I told you last week, this is where the personal responsibility takes place. This is where we, we got to get to the place where we understand that though there's things that happened to me that were not my choices, I still have a choice. It wasn't my choice to be born in the family I was born in. It wasn't my choice that my father took a gun, pointed it to his head, and killed himself. It wasn't my choice uh, that my mother's uh, mental breakdown that left her pretty much uh, in in F uh, when it came to raising her children. It wasn't my fault uh, that my stepfather physically, emotionally, and sexually abused me. That was not my fault. But I have a choice. I have a choice. I have a choice. I have a choice. I can choose to live in my strength or I can choose to live in God's strength. Now, as we look at that, Shisha represented self. And let me say to you, you cannot continue to blame a bad preacher, a bad board member, a bad Sunday school teacher, a, a, a bad spouse, a bad father, a bad mother, bad, 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 because you have the power of choice. Whether you choose to live in your strength or the strength of the Spirit of God. Now, interesting, as I look and so many times do word studies in the Word of God, just to see as we delve into, Lord, is there anything in there? There's three giants. You mentioned them by name, not just once, but a couple of times. Caleb, he's here, of the tribe of Joshua, uh, 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 the tribe of Jude, I'm sorry. But so he's from the tribe of praise, and he goes into this place, and there's three giants, and they are named, these three brothers are occupying this area. Is there anything in their name? Shisha representing six, representing self. And we, we conquered and we looked at self last week. But then we look at the next brother and the next giant that's occupying the land. And his name is a hymen. A hymen. 
Now, it's interesting to me in the, in the Greek or the Hebrew meaning of that name is interesting. It means my brother is a gift. My brother is a gift. What does that speak to us? Speaks to us about relationship. Mm. But see, here's the, here's the reality. Everything, as you've heard me say, everything flows from relationship. Everything that I have is a result of relationship. You know, when this church came open, we were actually looking at a church in New Zealand. We'd gone through several interviews, and we, were, we, were, we had the tickets booked. We're going to New Zealand. I had three individuals call me, men that I had relationship with, and said, Hey, you might want to consider Greenville. Hey, you need to go to Greenville. Hey, you need to go to Greenville. I said, No, I'm going where they filmed uh, Lord of the Rings. I'm going to that beautiful tropical place uh, of New Zealand. All I got to do is land in that country, and those sand beaches are mine. That's a story for another day. Not to mention God promised 10 years before we came here that the Lord was, we were going to pastor the church. Didn't tell anybody. I, those three persons that called me didn't know. The only other person that knew that bit of information is Andrea, and she's the only one. She wasn't telling anybody. <laughs> but see, it was a relationship. Relationship. That everything you have today is a result. Think about it for just a moment. is a relationship. But see, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 18 and 19, a brother offended, also meaning a brother hurt, is harder to be won than a fortified city. Harder to be won than a fortified city. Why? Because I don't want to get hurt again. Relationships are risky. Relationships are, are they can be devastating. Relationships are the cause of all my troubles. The relationships are the very thing that, uh, that caused such angst in my life as a child moving forward. Oh, the difficulty that you get when you come into relationship with unhealthy individuals and they bring their unhealth into that relationship. Oh, the destruction that takes place. But let me tell you, the loss of the relationship is greater than the risk of a bad relationship. Because my brother is my gift. Let me say to you, the enemy knew from the beginning that the only way to violate and to destroy you and to touch and hurt the heart of God was by breaking that bond between man and God through bringing the temptation for the wrong choice that led to destruction. And you can't tell me that it didn't lead to destruction and dysfunctionality in the relationship because Adam and Eve went immediately from a position of protection, a position of fellowship, to now they're blaming every Everybody else for all the troubles that they're facing. See, Adam blamed God. It's the woman you gave me. 
You gave her to me. It is your fault. See, there's a broken relationship there. It wasn't broken on God's side. It was broken on man's side. Well, he said, it's me, you know me? It was the devil made me do it. There's a lot of folks today sitting in pews week in and week out, and they are blaming God for the faults that are in their life, or they're blaming the devil. The serpent didn't point at anybody because he knew he was guilty. God's back, he didn't have any fingers to point with. But the point being this, every time that I point one finger out, as the old adage says, there's three pointing back at me. No one guiltless in this, except for God. So there's a brokenness of relationship. In that broken relationship, now sibling rivalry starts up. Jealousy. Jealousy. You know why it's not wise to compare yourself to someone else? Because it always leads to pride. There is no doubt that there are those that are much better than me in every aspect of life. Preaching, teaching, administration, communication, there is no question in my mind. There's a thousand that would line up, could take my place in a moment and carry on and do a better job than I'm doing. I don't doubt that, but God called me here. Amen? But folks, what happens when we get to those places and I start comparing myself and my victory level is like, well, I can out-preach him, but I can't preach as good as him. And there's this, there's this constant pride and condemnation, pride and condemnation that just keeps circling around. And let me say to you, we get the wrong idea about who we are actually playing for. There's only one winner in this, and that's the Father. And any win to the Father is a win for the kingdom of God. So I hope that you can out-preach me. I hope that you can outdo. That's the point of it. We are called to be in co-union with God. And the Lord did not tell Cain, look what your brother has done. He said his sin is crouching at your door. Didn't point his finger at the brother. See, there's a broken relationship. And in that broken relationship, it just perpetuated and perpetuated. And throughout the Word of God, you see that relationship just keeps crumbling. Because humanity cannot restore himself. He cannot bring it back together and in wholeness. But I had this dream as a child. It wasn't a, a, a dream per se. As I, I went to sleep one night. No, it was a longing in the midst of my heart. God, I, I want to have a home. I want to have a marriage. I want to have children. I don't want my kids to go to bed and be afraid of their father. I don't want a wife who is concerned whether or not I'm going to come in and bring destruction in my house. I don't want to live that way. I want the cycle of insanity to stop here. But when you get to the place to realize it can stop here today, right now. See, because my brother is my gift. When I say this, I want you to understand those that are outside covenant with God. You may have come in here today and you are so screwed up 
that you are just, you absolutely have made so many mistakes that you don't see anywhere to go. And somehow you were coerced to come in here and listen to this fat preacher. So you're here today. And let me just say, it's by divine orchestration that you made it in here today. So that you can know this. It doesn't make any difference how screwed up you are, how messed up your head is, how messed up your behavior is, what addictions you have, and what you can get over and what you can't, and who you're running from. Let me tell you, because once God reaches down and enters your heart, you are a new creature. You will have new desire, and you will have new behavior, and you have been given the wages of sin. you got to work for it, and you're going to end up in that place of despair, and you're going to end up in hell if you continue in that place where you're earning those wages of sin. But the gift that you didn't earn, that you don't deserve, is given to you. And I can rightfully say the only, only, only reason I'm here today ministering the Word of God with being married to my, the best person I've ever known, have three of the most beautiful children, two of the greatest son-in-laws, grandchildren that I can enjoy. It's because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the only, the only reason I can say my boast is not of myself. My boast is of the blessedness of a risen Savior. Because if it was left to me, I would so mess it up. I would so destroy it that it would just look so preposterous in its appearance. It's only because of Jesus. And I didn't want that suicidal spirit to pass on to my kids. I didn't want that self-destructive, addictive behavior that I found myself. I didn't want that to pass on. I didn't want that, that fear to be engrossed in their heart. I wanted was a happy home. But when I let Jesus enter in, see, because the enemy, dysfunction came as a result of man's relationship with God. That's where the dysfunction came in. Man was altered because he did not value that relationship with God. And thus dysfunction passed on. But I just feel there's someone in here today you're at a place you don't know how you're going to get there you just know you got to. You don't know how it's going to change you just know it has to. And you're at a place right now and I'm saying man I, I want what you're talking about. I want what you're discussing. But the only way to get there, folks, is through a surrendered life to Jesus Christ. There's no other way. And then you stop 
seeking to be better. They just start seeking for God to show you how to behave. Now, it might be surprising to you, but my wife and I do not always agree on everything. Then we don't always agree. We have we have discussions. And that discussion usually lasts until I discover the error of my ways. Once we do that, then we're back at peace. <laughs> Go on, guys, try it. It'll help you. <laughs> But see, at the end of the day, we know there's a greater guiding force than ourselves. And it's the Holy Spirit that will soften our hearts. Dads, you know what my greatest fear was when I was father? That I'm going to screw my kids up. I, I really did. I had that fear. It was a lie of the enemy, but it was a fear. I thought my dysfunction and my brokenness is going to pass on to my kids and I'm, I'm going to mess them up. Where I wanted to raise girls that were like their mother and just, I, I, wanted, to, I wanted my wife to feel strong and secure and I wanted my girls to, 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 to raise up and, and know that there's nothing they couldn't do. I wanted a son who just would just go after God and, 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 and be who God wanted him to be. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to mold them into what I wanted them to be. I wanted them to be what God had called them to be. But I thought, you know, all of my brokenness and my dysfunction, I'm going to mess them up. And if it was left to me, I certainly would. I can't tell you the number of times that I've had to ask God, show me the way, show me the way, show me the way, show me the way. And there are times where I made gross error when it came to the discipline of my children. But you know what, fathers, what I found that speaks to your kids, when you go to them and you say, baby, I'm sorry, daddy was wrong. I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have done this and I shouldn't have done that. Would you forgive me? Let me tell you, there's some hurting kids out there today. And they're just looking for mama and daddy just to acknowledge the fact that you messed it up because you were doing it without God. And they need to hear you say, you would be surprised at the healing that would come if you would just say, baby, I am sorry. Please forgive me. I can't tell you I won't make mistakes again, but I promise I will ask the Lord to help me. But you know the beautiful thing about God? I, I believe in the divine plan of the Lord. I do. But I always think of it, and I am closing somewhere in the near future. But I always think of it as a, a tree in nature. You're rooted in Christ, and the, and the, trunk, the trunk comes, it buds, and it begins to grow. Now, I could have chose to go to New Zealand, and guess what? God would have blessed us there. That branch would have gone off a different direction. 
I could have chosen to stay in Scotland and that branch would have gone another, another direction. I could have conceivably, you know, stayed in Archer City instead of coming here and that branch would have. But you know what I notice about a tree that's healthy? The branches are always going up. They're always going up. And you can get so lost in your mind about, well, I should have zigged when I zag and I zag when I zig and man, I made mistakes here and I made mistakes there and I should have chose this and I should have chose that. What you need to concern yourself with is, is this. Am I still connected to the root? And am I still going up? And so right now, no matter where you're at and what stage of life you are, and your kids may be grown and they may be so messed up because you were messed up, it's not a time to stop. It's time to realize uh, that God wants you to have healthy relationships uh, and he can take all of the past, all of the hurt, all of the brokenness, all of the despair, and he can bring it back together and he can make something so beautiful out of all the trash uh, that we give him. I don't know how he does, uh, but he just does it. And there's nothing more beautiful than the knowledge of Jesus Christ living inside of your heart and him dictating your moves and healing and reconciling and putting back. And let me tell you, young people, if you want something different, you got to make different choices. Stick to that vision God's given you and God will show you and guide your way. Amen? I got about three more hours of message that we won't get to today. But I do believe that the will of the Lord has been accomplished this day. I got more to speak to you about relationship that we will get to. But I just feel today, as we started the service, and some of you, as we sang that song starting out, how that there was the impossible. There's impossibility. You know what the, the enemy's objective in your life? Solitary confinement, isolation, and separation. You know why the enemy started so young <clears throat> in my life and many lives that are here? It's because he wanted to cut off the benefits of relationships to where you would walk around as that man, that woman in that fortified shelter, making sure nobody can get to you. The problem with that is you can't get to anybody else. And there are those of you that there's been a little touch on your heart today because I believe every child that's raised in a brokenness, every child that's raised in brokenness, you may be 90 years old, but if you were raised in brokenness, there was a child screaming out, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. There is relational healing in this house right now. Elijah, worship team, I want you to come on up.